Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Buongiorno. Good evening, Gorlami. <laughs> What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. The NFL's best defensive tackle is a no-show at Rams training camp. Why it could be Big Ben's last training camp and why the likelihood that Kyrie Irving is at cast camp is greater than you may think. But we start with Odell looking out for the greater good. Mm, uh, I guess he tried to make it seem that way today after saying in a video posted by Uninterrupted that he wants to be the NFL's highest paid player. Odell Beckham Jr. spoke to the media at the opening of Giants camp about creating a new financial standard for NFL players. Take a listen. That's what you want to do is you want to change the game. This isn't for me. This isn't for Odell Beckham. This is for everybody in the league, people who deserve it. You know, you, you sit there and you watch the people in the NBA, and it's crazy. I mean, I, being realistic, it's crazy what they're getting. And there's people in the NFL who deserve that. Um, and I just want to be, you know, if I can, be one of the forefront for it and help push the league, the game that way, because I feel like the players deserve it. I feel like, you know, uh, we go through a lot. We put ourselves through a lot, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, and they just deserve it. You know, and the, the players in the league deserve it. They work hard for it. So it's not for me. This is, this is not for me. All right, Norma Ray, uh, Giants co-owner John Mara added this, this today. He deserves to get paid, and we're going to pay him. It's just a question of when we enter the contract. And I don't have a timetable on it right now. I just don't feel like there's any need to rush into it. But he's going to end up getting paid at some point. Now, whether there's a scenario where he sees a wide receiver uh, as the NFL's top paid player, Mara said, I can't think of one. No, the quarterback is always going to be the highest paid player. Pretty much like what Odell said, it was good for uninterrupted. It was good for clicks. It was good for conversation. But that's in Odell's world. That's his existential, philosophical way of looking at things. That's the LeBron influence talking. In the real world, in reality, deserves got nothing to do with it. You can't talk about being the highest paid player if, at minimum, you get asked to be the highest paid receiver, but you got two years left on your contract with the franchise tag hanging over you. So, ultimately, the discussion about highest paid player, never going to happen. Nice to want it, never going to happen. In the meantime, in between time, he showed up, said, I don't have time to hold out. He's there practicing. The owner says we're going to pay him. He deserves it. They'll come to a deal, but it won't be for highest paid player. No, it won't be for highest paid player, but there's no harm in him throwing it out there and at least trying to set some kind of standard. It was kind of comical that he tried to pretend as if he is fighting the good fight for everybody. Like, no, no, me wanting to be the highest paid player. It's not about me. It's not about me. For those coming out. all of you out there. So, nice tactic, Odell, but... Look, the nature of football, and especially this offseason, there seems to have been a lot more conversation. Richard Sherman has some things to say about comparing what NBA players make versus what NFL players make. And I get where the NFL guys are coming from, but it's just not the construct of their game. No. They're looking at it as considering how their bodies are sacrificed in a much different way, right. in a much deadlier way, especially when you consider the CT research. They want more guaranteed money. I get it, but you're not going to get it. Even if you wanted to argue that Odell were the best player, let's go back to the NBA for a second. 
Not always does the NBA's best player is its highest paid player. Because LeBron wasn't for a while on some of the teams that he wasn't. Okay, and even, at, and even that quarterback in the NFL, it's all about timing. Like right now, it's Derek Carr. Pretty soon it's going to be Matthew Stafford. We're going to have a lot of people saying, how is Matthew Stafford the NFL's highest paid player? Timing. Right. So for Odell Beckham, again, two years left on your deal and you're not a quarterback. Well, it just is what it is. Yes, timing and position. Okay, um, now today... Uh, Aaron Donald didn't report to Rams training camp, uh, but we have some breaking news here on the 6 p.m. Sports Center. Aaron Donald is right here in studio with us, and he's going to explain why he's here co-hosting the six with me and not with his teammates. Aaron. It's a handsome dude right there. <laughs> handsome guy right there. Not only is he the best-looking player in the National Football League, he's the best defensive, interior defensive lineman in the NFL. He, we, we have been first-team All-Pro the last two years, three-time Pro Bowler. Pro Football Focus loves us, okay, because as handsome and as good-looking and debonair and as strong as our beer game is. And your hairline, don't forget that. And the hairline. He, I, we, by extension, (laughs) number one player going into this year, according to Pro Football Focus. Last year's number two player behind Tom Brady. Did I tell you how good-looking he was? Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. So they're switching to, in in L.A., switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4. We're not settling for $9 million over the next two years. No, no. Not with the havoc I caused. That's right. And guess what? You want to find me $40,000? You want to find me $40,000 for every practice? That's fine. You'll forgive those fines once you sign me to the long-term deal that I deserve. So, yes, you, sh- you should be at home. Getting a nice little fade. And you should be at home doing your thing. Yeah. Thank nice you, job. Mr. Donald. Cowboys defensive end Demontre Moore has been suspended two games by the NFL for violating the substance abuse policy. Punishment for his December DUI as a member of the Seahawks. Add more to Randy Gregory, who will miss all of 2017. David Irving and Shaq Evans both suspended four games each. As Cowboys, who have been suspended this year, now Nolan Carroll and Damian Wilson could face suspensions for offseason arrests as well. Still no word on whether Ezekiel Elliott will join this dubious list. Cowboys say that yesterday's signing of Ronnie Hillman has nothing to do with Zeke's status with the NFL. While Jerry Jones told Sirius XM Radio on Thursday that he believes an NFL decision on the league's investigation into domestic violence allegations against the second-year running back to be imminent. It's past 6 Eastern and no Friday news dump. So let me ask it this way. Is the NFL doing Dallas a disservice? Yeah, I know. I know you almost have to chuckle. By dragging this thing out. As if it's unfair. Um, It's not necessarily about doing a disservice to to Dallas. It just proves once again that the the, the NFL is more about public relations than there are about real solutions. And this and again, this is not to diminish and certainly um, not to belie the seriousness of domestic violence, but. This this investigation has gone on for so long. It just feels like the NFL is putting on a show so that whatever they eventually come forth with, whatever discipline for Ezekiel Elliott, they can say, oh, we took our time. We did our due diligence. And it's starting to feel like one of those situations where, again, we don't have a lot of evidence that where we know. What Jerry did. Jones says nothing. Happened, yeah, but we don't then have what you expect him to say. Of course, he'll support his players. But the, the reality is at this point, we don't have a whole lot of evidence to support these accusations. And from a fairness standpoint, like I know in the judicial system in America, you get a speedy trial in the NFL. They're not, you know, beholden to what America's laws are. But it just feels like this is dragging out so that the NFL, once they put out this punishment, can say, see, we did our job. And even if we look at what the evidence is and we don't see a whole lot there, they can say, oh, but we suspended and we're taking it seriously. Oh, you took and, the words right out of my mouth. But that, it just, it just kind <laughs> of feels, I feel Ray like Rice. we're in the middle 
middle of a show. Lessons learned from Ray Rice and Josh Brown. They'd rather go too far to the extreme side when it comes to punishment than too light and face that criticism. I said this before. The NFL likes to act like it's the CIA when really it's all about CYA. And you just laid it out perfectly as to why they're dragging this out. And obviously Jerry's going into the Hall of Fame very soon. They certainly want to be considerate of that honor for him. But ultimately... It's only a disservice if it's a distraction for the Cowboys. And it doesn't seem like, especially given everything else that's going on, including the Lucky Whitehead fiasco earlier this week, it doesn't seem like it's a distraction for either Zeke or the Dallas Cowboys. So if he's practicing, he's available to practice and not a reinstatement issue, they have depth. They're, they'll get their line situation sorted out, some changes up front. Dak is going to do his thing. He's, I love this quote today, by the way. People talk about him. People having film on him. He's like, I got film on defensive too. It goes both ways. Mm-hmm. So... Dallas is proceeding business as usual. While the NFL protects its business and its image, Dallas doesn't seem to be hung up on whether or not he's going to be suspended for a couple of games. They don't seem to be concerned. So, yeah, the NFL has to do its due diligence. Otherwise, incur the wrath of the court of public opinion. But uh, I understand why Dallas, while they may be doing uh, business as usual, why there be some level of anxiety because – I, I'm not saying it will wind up like this situation, but remember with the Flategate, when they dropped that punishment on the Patriots, Bob Crabb was stunned. He went right. scorched earth, yeah. yeah. he did because he thought this thing was going to go another way, and right. you never know what the NFL is going to do. Even somebody uh, like Jerry Jones, who obviously is very deeply embedded Wait, in the la- Last thing before we move on, it just hit me. We're talking about what's taking so long for a decision. Wait till the appeals process. Oh. And then when it goes back to the commissioner. <laughs> the ongoing saga. It, we might be in court all over again. Who knows? Um, moving to Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger, who has discussed retirement several times in his career. Big Ben admitted that he thought about it after a 2008 game against the Eagles in which he was sacked nine times. Interesting time to think about it. Then in an interview with ESPN in 2010, Roethlisberger said he thought about hanging it up, hanging it up with after several off-the-field issues. And this past season, Big Ben took several months mulling retirement before committing to play in 2017. Today, Big Ben again broached the subject of retirement. This time, he cited concerns about CTE. Just all those things combined, being healthy, being able to play catch with my kids, I feel good mentally. I know this new study that came out that 90% of players' brains who were, stu- who were studied had CTE. There's a lot of scary things, and I think my wife would be okay if I hung it up too. So it looks like, or sounds like, Big Ben is out of here sooner rather than later. You know, we forget... Because of the way he plays, even still, he's curtailed his off-schedule, reckless abandonment for the most part. But he still plays like a young dude. Ben old. <laughs> I mean, Ben's 35 years old, been playing he's 14 longer, years. longer in the tooth than we sometimes We talk about talk Cam about. Newton, but before Cam Newton, there was Ben Roethlisberger absorbing a lot of punishment. And earlier this week, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. It might have been yesterday. Aaron Rodgers saying how much he's fallen in love with the game all over again. He loves the process, the details, the particulars, the practice. I look at what Ben told Ed Bouchette of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and I'm seeing somebody who really doesn't feel like being bothered with all this stuff. Like he said, you know what, football, I come here and football season just has to take up so much of your time. Even when he gets home, he wants to shut it off and spend time with his family and in other interests. And yet, in order to be to play at the standard that he wants to play at, it takes up a lot of time. And so it sounds like he's got one foot out of the door. We talk about this all the time when it comes to breakups. Once you do it, you've been thinking about it for several months. Absolutely. I, I do think he walks away after this year, walks away with two Super Bowls, one of the greatest drives and touchdown throws in Super Bowl history, nothing else to prove, and possibly he might be out here Brett Favre next year. Because as I mentioned, 
the holding, training camp. Holding it up. Maybe yeah. saying, you know what, I might come back. I need to skip camp. But yeah. I do think he walks away after this season. I, and he I, should. I think there was um, a thought process that when Ben – started talking about retirement. I'm not talking about so much in 2008, but in the last couple of years, the people, did you pay the bill? I don't know why they always do this. <laughs> did you pay the bill? I don't know why they do this. Um, I, I thought that, I think people thought he was just being dramatic, right? That, oh, this is just Big Ben talking. Right. He's just saying this, trying to create some headlines and um, maybe thinking out loud without sort of really um, thinking about the, the, great, the uh, weight and gravity of what he was saying. But this, to me, is the effects of this age of where players know so much more information. Mm-hmm. You also have the position to consider. As a quarterback, he's been able to make a lot of nice money. Oh, a lot. A, a lot, right? So he's made a lot of nice money. As you uh, just said, his career accomplishments, his place in the game going is already solidified. So then again, I think you're going to see a lot of guys – Look to get out sooner rather than late. But this, but this is eight nine years. This is fourteen. Yeah, this I is mean, 14. and the Steelers. This is no career. surprise to the Steelers. That's why they drafted Dobbs this year. Mm-hmm. You know, they they know that he's not long for this game. Even at fourteen years, if he's not talking about it, probably more likely than not closer to the end. Red Sox put David Price on a deal with a sore elbow. He was supposed to start at Fenway tonight. This will be the first time he'd have started at Fenway since the Boston Globe reported the details of his dust up on a team plane back in June with broadcaster Dennis Eckersley. So no conspiracy, huh? Uh, LeVar Ball threatened to take his team and go home after receiving a technical from a female official today at the Adidas Summer Championships in Vegas. The official was removed instead, and our Meyer Metcalf is reporting that Adidas officials are telling refs to avoid giving LeVar text because they want to sign his son. Here's LeVar, who has something to say. She got a vendetta because she's, she's a woman I'm trying to act. I get that she's trying to break into the refereeing thing, but just giving texts and calling fouls, that's no way to do it. I know what she's trying to say. I gave a I gave a tech. I'm strong. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Just call the game. If you're going to be qualified, you better be in shape and you better know the game. And she's bad on both of them. She's not in shape. She's not calling the game right. And she don't understand. So now she's trying to make a name for herself. So she's walking around like, you know, I'm the only woman in here. Yeah, we get it. I don't care if you're a woman or a man or whatever. Just be good at what you do. Don't try to step in the lane. She needs to stay in the lane because she ain't ready for this. <laughs> Coach the little kids first and then come up because she ain't did enough. She ain't got enough on her resume. I can tell. The official was removed. And Myron Metcalf is reporting that Adidas officials are telling refs to avoid giving him texts because they're trying to sign Lonzo. And because he's a draw. So once he's in and they're in and they paid their money, that's, that's all you need. But you mean to tell me Adidas is really selling out and selling its soul in the hopes of Lonzo helping him sell a shoes? A shoe company selling its soul. No pun intended. But no, like, this is, that's disgusting that they would enable this kind of behavior at the expense of the officiating integrity. So props to the official for standing her ground and saying, you're not going to talk to me any kind of way. I'm going to control this game because that's what basketball is about. But I don't know LeVar Ball. But he doesn't strike me as a phony. He's the opposite extreme. He doesn't strike me as a phony. I don't think, I'm just guessing, I don't think you kissing up to him and enabling him and not calling texts on him so his team sticks around so he doesn't pull him off the court. He's not going to say, oh, well, you know what, now I'm more inclined to partner up with Big Baller Brand with Adidas. Because that's not real. That's, that's phony. I, I, he's going to look at the bottom line when it comes to winning if he makes that decision. He's also making me regret something. And... Uh, if you recall, when he had the issue with Christine Leahy at Fox. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. And the way he said it in his, uh, certainly he was combative, um, as he is known to be. And I didn't really think it had anything to do with her gender. 
But hearing him talk about this ref, where he also tells her to stay in her lane. This Division One ref. This Division One ref, who he refers to her weight and her being out of shape, who he says, and and then by trying to belittle and demean who she is, I now now I feel bad. Now I feel like I need to apologize to Christine Lee because he clearly does seem to have an issue with women. He does. And maybe not his wife, because there are a lot of guys I know out there who treat their wife, their sister, sure. women they know with respect, but not other women. But I need he to give that, that some thought. Can, I, those, I, can those be two different situations? They could be, but I just, I just know that consistent? I don't, that it's a consistent tone. It's a consistent level of demeaning women in a position of authority, if right. you will. And I just think it's a bad look. It's a bad look for the young men that are, are on his team, not to mention from a competition and sports standpoint, if you are the crybaby coach, right. always trying to take your ball and go home, what are you showing those other young men? Right. right? And uh, I would imagine, especially with the lessons, at least that he said that he's taught both or all of his sons about competition, about being tough. So now you're going to teach these kids that if a call doesn't go your way, you get the ref removed or you start showing out or you threaten to go home and take your team out the tournament. But again, That's not real life. All strong points. But again, like he's being enabled. If this is true, that Adidas is like, take it easy on him. No, no, he is. I'm not making excuses for him. Yeah. But I'm saying kick him out the game. Male official, female official, right. if he's acting out of pocket, kick him out of the game regardless of what kind of money his son can put in your pocket. But, I mean, sadly, Mike, this is uh, – I don't no, want to – No, that's as weak as I've heard. No, no, I don't want to paint AAU all – No, that's about, about Adidas. Okay, I don't this even want to paint – This seems to be an Adidas thing. Adidas, but at AAU – in AAU-type tournaments, these shenanigans do go on. Correct. Kyrie Irving back from Asia working out on fools in the gym. Uh, maybe he's thinking that if LeBron could post his workout videos, he can too. Um, being facetious, of course. Um, uh, there are rumors abound about how much longer Kyrie will be a Cav, but as Adrian Wojnarowski points out in his latest piece, it's not a matter of teams wanting Kyrie, but how much do they actually want him? As in, what are they willing to give up? Woj says about 20 teams have reached out to the Cavs about a Kyrie Irving trade, but a few have made actual proposals. Among the teams to make proposals are the Spurs, Clippers, Suns, T-Wolves, Knicks, and Heat. Speaking of the Heat, uh, Barry Jackson shot that down, uh, saying that he was told on the record that they never made an offer to Cleveland for Kyrie Irving. So, there's that. I keep trying to tell you. I got, I got no intel. <laughs> but all the people who are saying there's no way Kyrie can go to training camp with the Cavs. Once upon a time, there was no way LeBron James could go back to Dan Gilbert. Things changed. LeBron, Kyrie has a contract. The Cavs don't have a commitment for LeBron James. So if you're the Cavaliers, you might be getting these offers, but if none of them are acceptable for a player of Kyrie's age, ability, and value, given his two years remaining on this contract with the player option, like, do you get rid of him because he can't coexist with LeBron? No, you make them coexist because nobody wins when the family feuds. And so when they both come back, be big boys and play the game. Like, you need to. Because one of the things Woj pointed out is that teams are looking into Kyrie's maturity, his habits. Is it going to behoove Kyrie to not come back and play his best ball and be a, his best professional if they don't trade him? I think not. You got are the, are the Wolves trading Wiggins? Are the Suns trading Jackson? This is more complicated than I think people understand that's playing around on the trade machine. Well, I think it, if, they, if they bring back Kyrie or if Kyrie comes back, I don't think it has anything to do 
with them being concerned about whether or not they coexist. Uh, look, I believe like you do, if he's back, then he's just going to have to do his job. But I do think that the Cavs are, are trying to take the long view on this. And in many ways, they have to also prepare uh, for life without LeBron, just in case. Do you operate as if he's leaving? Um, if you're the Cavs I think, and look, like maybe blow it up? I think uh, if you're them, considering what happened to your franchise before when he left, uh, you have to you have to at least consider that and have a real plan for if that does take place. But considering that is the problem because again, Woj says he wants the mother load. When now, young player picks. You can't have it all. No, you can't. But at some point, if Kyrie is that piece that is able to fetch you something that if LeBron leaves, you'll be okay, then I think they strongly have to consider that. So JaVale McGee re-signed with the Warriors for one year at the veterans minimum, giving Golden State 15 guaranteed contracts. Not among them. Former Southeast Missouri standout Antonius Cleveland, whom the Warriors signed to a training camp contract Thursday. So yes, the Warriors own Cleveland. L-O-L. Oh, As for the goings on in Cleveland, Kevin Durant is at NBA Academy India, where he set the Guinness World Record for leading the world's largest basketball lesson with 3,459 Indian children. The finals MVP was asked for his take on Kyrie Irving wanting to take his talent away from LeBron. I really don't care about the Kyrie Irving situation. That's whatever he, you know, I just want guys in the league to be happy wherever they play and have some fun playing ball. So wherever that is for Kyrie, I hope he uh, he finds that. Um, but LeBron James is a phenomenal player. I got a chance to play uh, on his team in the Olympics in 2012 and learned a lot from him. See, the headline was, KD wants Kyrie to be happy. Mm-mm, that wasn't the real headline. The key point, what, what, what was it for you? The real headline is... Did Kevin Durant look like he gave one you-know-what about the Cavs and Kyrie Irving? No, probably He doesn't care. <laughs> he does not no, care No, I think he sincerely all. wants, because his whole move was about happiness. Right. I think he sincerely wants people to just enjoy the game of basketball. I, I do believe that. I was pointing out the, the, the secondary part of that phrase. I want him to be happy wherever that is. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've been since this whole thing started. I get the idea, even though I think it's more to do with the personality or uh, a clash of, of egos when it comes to LeBron. I get the idea of Kyrie trying to take control of his own career, but he doesn't have it. You can take control of your career when you're a free agent, okay? And you can say, you know what? I'm not re-signing or I'm walking. Or when you have one year left and a team like, like Indiana with Paul George has to flip you. He doesn't have that. So he may be unhappy being in quote-unquote LeBron's shadow despite all the shots he gets and all the shine he gets. But if they move him and do what's best for them, into a situation where he's back in the lottery, how much worse is that going to be for him? Well, playing devil's advocate, what if he doesn't care about that? Because Then that would, that would bother me. Well, no, I mean... I would hope he does care about winning. By that I mean this, is that what if he doesn't care about it in this regard, is that at least for him, maybe the more important piece for him is to have freedom from Cleveland and freedom from a situation where the best player on the team and in the league and in the world where their whims and everything is built around them. Maybe he just wants freedom from that, and he's willing to suck it up and maybe take a couple losing, losing seasons so that when he is in that position, he could just chart his path and decide where he wants to go on his own. He just came back from Asia, selling his best-selling shoe, working on his brand. What's his brand going to look like if he's losing the next couple of years? Like, all the things that may annoy him about LeBron, you know what they brought him? An opportunity to hit one of the greatest shots in history. Mm-hmm. An opportunity and to that, go to three straight finals. And guess what? That shot was made, and it's not going to be forgotten. Exactly. So, so I'm, I'm saying that you, you can't dictate where they send you. So that happiness may be harder to come by than he realized.
Yesterday, John Harbaugh indicated the Ravens were kicking the tires on Colin Kaepernick in light of Joe Flacco's back injury. And then the Ravens signed indoor football league quarterback David Olsen, who once quit football to sell real estate and threw three passes in college. Completed one. Here's Harbaugh and Joe Flacco on Colin Kaepernick. It has to do with our need. You know, Joe, Joe's day-to-day, do we really need to, to make that move or not? And uh, that's, that's the decision that really has to be made. I think there's a lot of layers to it, just from a football standpoint. And uh, I'll focus on the football part of that, you know. And if there's other layers to it, then I think that takes that's taken into consideration at the appropriate level. I'd like to see Colin get back in and at some point maybe get another shot. I wouldn't like that to get here. I don't want him to get another shot here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he can come here and have some fun. I think it would be a good spot for him. See, we talked about this yesterday. That's why I said I believe it when I see it. One, the need here was for just an arm to take some reps at camp. So I knew they weren't going to sign Colin Kaepernick for that. Two, the jig is so high at this point, I can't even see it when it comes to the NFL. Because John Harbaugh said his body of work speaks for itself. Well, the NFL actions speak much louder than all the complimentary and coded words that they're using. He said there's a reason why Colin is, Colin is not signed yet. All of those things are considerations and factors. There's also a football factor. Meaning football isn't the only factor. So, Hello, people. So everybody's like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, because I feel like a broken record at this point because we do this with every scrub quarterback that gets signed, with no all due respect. But everybody's like, well, they signed an arena league guy and not Colin Kaepernick. That's not the story. The story is that their backup is Ryan Mallett. Who and threw, they're comfortable with that. Who threw five interceptions today at practice? Jamison Hensley pointed this out. Five interceptions at practice, at least five times, nearly picked off two more times. He said on uh, Terrell Suggs said, hey, Marty, talking about Marty Morningweg, tell Mallet to throw to the guys wearing the purple jerseys, meaning the offense. So that's who they're comfortable being, being their backup, as are a lot of teams around the NFL. So, but they could always hide behind, oh, it's system fit, it's scheme. Is he, is he really invested? What does he want to do? What are his priorities? They're not that interested in finding out. No, they don't care. And what's interesting to me is how is it that Colin Kaepernick can be underqualified and overqualified at the same time? So many people are like, oh, no, no, he's too good to be just a a cat arm. Uh, But then when it's a backup, no, no, he's a bump. Like, make up your mind and just decide. We all know what it is. Okay, this is politics. Day two of Steelers camp. And as expected, still no Le'Veon Bell remains unsigned. But a cheap seat. You're not a holdout if you don't have a contract. Bell hasn't inked his $12.12 million tender, so therefore he's not subject to fines. Doesn't mean there isn't a price to pay for his absence. Obviously, I would like him to be here. Um, He is not, um, but I'm going to focus my energies on on the guys that are. Um, It's an unfortunate circumstance, one that we'll deal with, one that he'll deal with. I've had good, clean communication with him. Uh, I'll leave the nature of that conversation between us, um, but rest assured that he'll be ready to play football um, when he gets here. Um, I do not know. Uh, I'll remain focused on the guys that are here uh, and their overall development. And uh, when he gets here, he gets here. A lot of people picked up on a word. I don't know if it was in this clip, but uh, Mike Tomlin said there'd be consequences. I thought the consequences were more about catching up or chemistry more than there were more than it was about punishment right like he was going to get benched because he decided not to come to camp yeah no what mike is saying is hey we're in good communication i trust him to be ready whenever he shows up and and his track record says that it will be yeah i know for a lot of people um they especially fans because you know for them they look at football as a game and it's a business for these guys and when the nfl treats them like a business then that's considered okay. Right. But when they treat the NFL like this is my business, 
Then all my of a sudden, body is my business. Right, your body is your business. Then you have, and it doesn't help when you have his teammates like Antonio Brown or teammate, because I don't want to put it on everybody. Well, Jeremy Fowler says that pressure is coming from several people, publicly and privately. Which, and they should understand better than anybody. And, and look, maybe part of this pressure, this is, this is the Steelers, they handle business a certain way. They have for a long time. They usually don't respond to things like this, okay? And so I understand that his teammates are probably thinking, hey, man, with, with this group, with this right. management, this isn't going to get you anywhere. Right. So or you with need, this team, we got big goals. Right. It might be Ben's you last hurrah. Yeah. Correct. So uh, they're being a little bit selfish about it, too, but they can't blame him given the position and given what he's already been through in terms of missing injuries, not about the other off-the-field-related stuff. That why he feels the need to, to, to die on this hill. The idea is like, hey, in good faith, show up, right? But what about good faith the other way? Respect the Steelers' standpoint, but respect right. his too. He doesn't think that the running back market is, is sufficient when it comes to compensating his performance. Let him handle his business the way he wants to. Guess what? When he shows up for a few practices and maybe one preseason game, he'll be ready to do his low hesitation thing just like he did last year. But I expect to hear the coach use coach speak and say, hey, we want him here. The teammates thing still rubs me the wrong way. I wonder how he feels about it. All right, El Clasico is Saturday at 7.55 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and on ESPN2 in Spanish. Real Madrid and Barcelona will be playing in the U.S. for the first time, and it's the first meeting outside of Spain since 1982. Bad news for you if you want to see Cristiano Ronaldo. The Miami Herald is reporting that he won't play because basically he has other things to do. And with that, let's bring in our boy Taylor Twelman. Taylor, he's got to pay the taxes, Jamal. He's got to pay the taxes. Classico is supposed to be lit. You're at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Um, what's up with Ronaldo just saying, you know what? I'm busy. <laughs> well, he, he is busy. And, and how many athletes can say they have the swag that they can convince local governments and country governments that they want to pay their taxes on their own scale? That's a different conversation. But he's had a busy summer, Jamel, with Confederations Cup and whatnot. Uh, obviously, Messi, Neymar, their hero of Barcelona. Real Madrid's got some other big names. Uh, but Ronaldo not coming. We've got a great sit-down interview with our Hannah Storm and Stephen Ross. He'll tell you, Miami Dolphins in the ICC, they're disappointed Ronaldo's not coming. Hey, Taylor, how do you explain Neymar and that transfer saga? Well, Michael, first off, I see that nice blazer in pocket square view. Well done, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Thank he, you. He, You're second I, best I've person listened on to, here. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to you guys over the last, I'd say, 10 to 12 days talk about Kyrie Irving, and it's kind of similar. The only difference is this, is that Neymar is much closer to playing to the level of Messi. It's Messi, Ronaldo. Neymar's the third best player in the world. Kyrie Irving's not even in the top seven best players in the NBA. For me, it's a little confusing why Neymar would want to go to a league in France and play that's not in the top four in the world and not even in the top four in the Western Europe. So it, I understand the money in that aspect, but playing for Barcelona, playing with arguably the greatest player ever in Lionel Messi, it's the same way I looked at you guys with Kyrie Irving. I don't really understand it, but money talks. All right, well, Taylor, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Thank and you, Taylor. Yes, you made your mouth day. Hey, <laughs> you guys King promote <laughs> soccer. You promote soccer nine days in a row. Oh. Michael, did you lose a bet or something? <laughs> nah, man, I just work here. <laughs> Be good, man. Have a good night. Tuesday brought us more confirmation of the abuse that football players' brains absorb thanks to a study that found CTE and 99% of deceased players' brains donated to scientific research. Meanwhile, in Michigan on Monday... A former NFL player named Brian Price threw himself through the glass door of an auto parts store. His wife says she suspects CTE. This morning, our Dominique Foxworth 
said that he's not sure he'd play again, nor whether he'd let his son. I played a couple of years in high school, and played is a generous term. I've got a nine-year-old son, and I'm not so sure either. If he does want to play, and his mom and I allow it, I just hope he plays it as smartly as Brevin White and John Urschel. Urschel retired yesterday at 26, though he says his decision has more to do with getting ready for fatherhood and working on his doctorate at MIT than it does CTE. Urschel recently was named to Forbes as 30 under 30 in the field of science and has published six peer-reviewed mathematics papers with three more ready for review. White, a four-star ESPN 300 QB from California, not only passed on Power 5 schools, but an athletic scholarship in picking Princeton. Now that's a power move. Rule changes and equipment improvements can only make football so much safer. So for those willing to incur the risks and play the game, look at Urschel and White as examples of how to play the game. Good advice. All right, Mike, uh, forgive me for making you hungry and thirsty, but I'm going to do that for a few seconds. But imagine well-seasoned golden brown catfish, wings and tilapia, cold beer, a two-finger pour on Mm. liquor, a place where, wait for it, everybody knows your name. Uh, But the place I'm talking about isn't Cheers. It's a place called Sins, a Bay Area treasure rescued by, well, another Bay Area treasure. When Marshawn Lynch unretired to join the Raiders, they not only got a hell of a running back, but someone who is devoted to the city of Oakland. Marshawn Lynch already does so much for Oakland through his foundation and personal generosity. But he again came to Oakland's rescue by buying Sins, a beloved soul food eatery right on the Oakland-Emeryville border. Beast Mode and the Raiders check into training camp tonight in Napa Valley, but hopefully he's already taken them to Sins. Now, Mike and I, we've been to Sins. We were there during the NBA Finals, and I just wish they had couches because the itis was real after a plate of catfish. Mm -hmm. That was not my first trip to Sins. However, I was introduced to it by Amina Hussein, an Oakland native, who just so happens to be the coordinating producer for NBA Countdown. Now, before I ever set foot in Sins, Amina told me that they make you feel like family. And to that point, the owner, Cassie Nicholson, who opened Sands 50 years ago, has known Beast Mode since he was nine, back when he was buying food from her as she ran a catering business out of her apartment. Nicholson, who is now 80, probably couldn't predict that little boy who once bought 75-cent hamburgers and 25-cent fries from her will one day grow up to be an incredible running back and save her restaurant from closing for good. As they often say, not all heroes wear capes, but some of them do wear dreadlocks. Never know. Yadier Molina lit up his manager on Instagram. So Mike Matheny said that Molina maybe needs more time off because he looks tired. Molina said, look, man, look here, bro. I trained to play 174 (laughs) games because that's what it takes to be a champion. I'm not tired. The day I feel tired, I'll express it myself. Hashtag misinforming. Wow. If anybody has earned the right to clap back at his manager like that, it's certainly Yadi Molina. Like his manager, Matheny may be right, but that's something that you don't necessarily voice because, look, all pro athletes have pride. And the one thing they don't want you to do is come at almost their sense of competitiveness. They're also closer to peers than they are like well, you know, that's true too. players. Um, speaking in baseball, the Yankees won, but Aaron Judge lost a tooth that is. Was it the big one or his bicuspid? <laughs> Celebrating Brett Gardner's 11th any walk-off home run to beat the Rays for their fourth straight win. Now, Judge, he did have his tooth fixed earlier today and is expected to be in the lineup tonight. I've been there. Um, I chipped my tooth. Thomas a little bit. <laughs> I, chipped my, I chipped my tooth. I slipped on the floor in a hotel bathroom. 
Again, alcohol was not involved. I'm just you that much the, of a club. Your, your hotel stories, you got locked out of your hotel room buck naked. Yep. You slipped on a hotel bathroom. Got locked in a hotel bathroom when I went to uh, Cabo with my mom. I mean, I just, me and hotel bathrooms, they just, they just have a bad me relationship. Me and bowling have a bad relationship. You know, I bowl worse than I do anything, which is saying something. <laughs> right. The same cannot be said for LSU running back Darius Geis. That just looks so wrong. Like it was a Euro step behind, like. Kudos for the creativity. Hold on, here we go. It's a yes, Euro step uh, behind a bat and a strike. I can't throw a strike with the with the gutter things, the, gu- the guard. Oh, that, that was bad. That's more like me. I'm surprised that didn't happen to me yet. <laughs> That's bad. That's what happens when the ball is too light. You're a boss bowler, right? Isn't bowling like a big deal in Michigan? It is a big deal in Michigan. I got my own ball and shoes. You ever want to come get some? Not you. Anybody out there, I'm here. Uh, 49er CEO Jay York tweeted this photo saying, Sure hope the guys are in shape. York should hand these out to his fan base. Who wrote that? Sam Tanucci, did you write that? Well, I mean, you are a Niners fan. Do you need one of those? You're you're (laughs) optimistic. Yeah, I am. Solomon Thomas signed today. Congratulations. It's still going to be a bit of a transition year. Just one more year until we have Kirk Cousins. It'll be awesome. There's <laughs> <laughs> so much to be said on that comment. Uh-oh. According to Mal on the Joe Budden podcast, James Harden has his jersey hanging from the rafters. I know there was such a thing in the strip club. Of one of the more popular Houston strip clubs. I heard it was Dream. Uh, not that I know where that is or anything like that. Because of how much money he spent there. That's a hell of an honor right there. If, we, we can only hope one day. I didn't make his money. But the Roxbury and she She's back in New Orleans, long time ago, long, long, long time ago. Long time they ago. They got I Michael should, Smith. You know how many women I put through college before I got to college? Hey, I feel you. Stadium in D.C.? I'm I'm, he- I'm, 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 I'm headed. Uh, my Hall of Fame campaign is, is waging right now. I there. fell in love with a stripper way before T-Pain. Really? I, man. <laughs> what was her name? I don't know. <laughs> if anything like me, you cannot get enough of Jamel Hill, who is a guest judge on Sunday's game day special edition of Food Network Star. Yeah, this was a dream come true. I love cooking shows. Uh, me, Jamie Shire, got to meet Giada, got to hang out in the Food Network kitchen. Talk fantasy with Bobby Clay? Nah, we, uh, you know, we didn't broach our previous disagreement over David Johnson. All My right. next dream is to do Bar Rescue. Yes, so I put that out there. LeBron, he's in Vegas, running on the court, checking the scores table at the Suns games, also working out at uh, UNLV with Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, Eric Bledsoe. So everybody not named Kyrie Irving. Are you making a big deal out of this? Just dudes in Vegas working out. Come on now. That was just interesting. All right, before we call it a day, let's tell people we had a good day. It will be a good day for sports writer Claire Smith, who is now an editor here at ESPN. She'll be enshrined at Cooperstown tomorrow as the winner of the J.G. Taylor Spink Award, the highest honor given to journalists by the Baseball Writers Association of America. First woman uh, to cover baseball and to win this award. Speaking of accomplished women, Simone Manuel won the FINA World Championships in Hungary with a comeback win in a 100-meter free. Congratulations. Stay tuned for El Clasico. Not a good day for Shane Ray. Out 6-8 for the Broncos. We'll see you.